0: This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing, interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian cascavalsian. All right, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And I have with me today a man that needs no introduction in the home improvement world. Um, This man has been around for quite a few years. Um, He is actually the creator of the most widely used CRM platform in the home improvement industry, MarketSharp, I have with me the one and only Mr. Tim Mush. Tim, welcome.
1: Well, thanks, Brian. Happy to be here.
0: You know, I've enjoyed the
1: podcasts you've done in the past, and you're doing a great service for the industry to get information
0: out. So I know everybody on the call appreciates that. Cool. So. I'll tell you what, there probably aren't very many people that don't know who you are. But just in case, for the ones that might be listening that aren't uh, familiar with who you are, why don't you give everybody kind the, the of the 60-second version of your story?
1: All right, sounds good. Gosh, it all started back probably in the late 80s. And uh, that's when I was in the replacement business with my brother Dave. And business was going great. We were doing fine. And one day, I don't know why, making this short story really short, I got a bug in me to go get these thing, this thing called a computer. And uh, got a computer, figured out how to program the thing, and tried to make it do things that could help us in our business. And back then, what I created is now known as a CRM. Back then, those letters weren't even thrown together. I created a CRM. Long story short, you know, a window supplier came in one day and says, what's that? And I said, gosh, that's a computer, first off, (laughs) because it was kind of early on. He says, what does it do? So I showed him. He says, would you show my boss? I said, sure. So off to Minneapolis, I go to a window manufacturer, showed his boss. He said, that's cool. Want to show my dealers? I went, all right, I guess so. So had a dealer meeting with about 100 people in a room. Had a little nine-inch Macintosh computer in front of the room because there were no projectors or anything back then. And I talked to this group for about seven hours about this crazy concept called using a computer to make your business more efficient. Lo and behold, about eight of those people in that room raised their hand and says, gosh, can I have one of those? And uh, turn into a business of its own. You know, Now our company, MarketSharp, has about four to 5,000 companies that have acquired a version of MarketSharp. And um, last year it accounted for about $2.9 billion worth of revenue that was funneled through the CRM. So that's the short version, Brian kind of came from being in the business to developing tools that can help people in the business.
0: Yeah. And so just so everybody knows, I mean, Tim has been um, anybody that knows him knows that he's he's a great friend to have um, in the business and outside of the business. And I probably met you really early on, probably in 2009. But I was um interested in market sharp when I was in the business. Um, so I was probably familiar with Market Sharp for a good, I don't know, probably 10 years before you and I even met. Um, so what I want, you know, what one of the things that you are um one of the experiences I think that you have that's very, very unique is that you have literally seen Thousands of companies come into this business and you have probably seen, I don't know if the number's in the thousands, but definitely in the hundreds of people leaving this business Um, and not necessarily because they wanted to, (laughs) because they had to. And so I think what what I really wanted to kind of pick your brain about and talk about is what are some of the things that you have seen the really successful people do? The people that are that are in business for the long haul, that are making money, that are doing well. And then we probably should talk about the other side of it. What are the things that the other people that that, that didn't make it in business, what were some of the things that they all had in common? Because one of the things I say on almost, probably almost every episode, and people are probably tired of hearing it, but it's true, is success leaves clues. Well, so does failure. So, what are just you know maybe a couple of the top things that you've noticed in the entrepreneur that runs uh, that that builds a really strong um, company that stands the test of time.
1: Yeah, Brian, about four things come to mind when thinking about this, May, maybe five actually that come to mind when I think of this, and, and um, these have changed a bit over the years. But when we're talking about businesses today that I see out there that are doing an awesome job, very successful, very profitable, things like that, these are four things that come to mind. First off, um, I kind of call this systemize without compromise. And these are businesses that have systemized everything they do, and they don't wing it. You know, you mentioned, what do you see in businesses that are failing out there? Essentially, it's the opposite of this. And what that is, is winging it, you know? Yeah. And the companies that are doing great are doing business kind of like franchise organizations do, even though most of us in this industry are not involved in a franchise. The concept there is very sound. What it is, is prove some systems that work, and then just replicate it. And when you think of the word systemize, really what it means is it means to arrange things in an orderly manner. And then think of that word compromise. And what that means is to accept standards that are lower than desirable. So when I think about this concept of systemize without compromise, it can be summed up this way. It should be our goal to arrange things we do in our business in an orderly manner. By all means, do not accept standards that are lower than desirable in all areas of our business. So that's one, Brian. Um, The second, and this is a huge one, this is what seems to be on everybody's mind out there right now, and the companies that are really killing it are doing well at this. And what this is, is the whole lead conversion process. Now lead generation is a big part of our business, but nowadays with the way leads are generated and so forth, it's a little different animal than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. You got people out there kicking tires on the internet that are kind of at the very beginning of their investigation of getting a project done. So the whole process of lead conversion is just critical. It goes much beyond lead generation. It goes on to nurturing, which would be the third thing I'd like to talk about in a second here. But lead conversion is huge, and you know one thing I like to say about that, Brian, is in the lead conversion process, obviously the internet is a big part of that. I can't recommend high enough to go ahead and make sure you are getting some help from some people that know that part of your business and can help you get your web strategy set up. So they convert, I see too often that, you know, let's go back to the concept of what do you see out there when businesses don't do well or fail As it relates to the internet. These are the businesses that have their geeky brother-in-law put up their web page for them, you know, and he might even make it look pretty but he doesn't make it convert in most cases because he doesn't know the intricacies of the business. So get some help from some companies. There's a bunch of them out there. I know Brian can recommend some, so can I, but there's a bunch of them out there that can really help you with this part of the business. So get your web strategies in order and then continue on beyond generating a lead to get that thing converted first off to an appointment, then to a demo, then of course to a sale and don't end there you know, continue to convert these people that you end up doing projects for to lifetime customers. And Brian is an expert at that, and I'm sure you've heard many things from Brian along those lines. So a portion, the third thing I see companies that are doing great right now doing is, is kind of a of lead conversion. And what that is, is lead nurturing. And what that means is it begins when you get that inquiry. AND THIS MIGHT BE A PERSON THAT MAYBE NEEDS TO BE NURTURED EVEN BEFORE THEY SET AN APPOINTMENT. SO MAKE SURE YOU HAVE SOME STRATEGIES IN PLACE THAT ARE NURTURING THESE FOLKS. BUT, but SECONDLY, HOW ABOUT THE LEADS THAT YOUR SALES RUN AND DON'T BUY RIGHT AWAY? WHICH, BY THE WAY, IS MORE THAN DUE. YOU KNOW, TYPICALLY ABOUT 3 OUT OF 10 WILL BUY FROM YOUR salespeople. YOUR CLOSING RATIO MIGHT BE A LITTLE HIGHER, A LITTLE LOWER. but AT LEAST 7 THAT DON'T BUY. AND WE'VE LEARNED THAT THOSE 7 THAT DON'T BUY, end up buying a similar product from some company within a year in a high percent of the cases. There's a ton of business to be captured there. Love to call that asset recovery. You invested heavily in that lead by spending three to four hundred dollars to generate an issued lead. So now make sure you're nurturing that lead and and take advantage of the situation where the timing finally gets right and they want to pull the trigger. And you got to have automated nurturing processes out there. Unfortunately, technology, Nowadays makes that really easy. You can put it on cruise control. I kind of call this the new gold rush So lead nurturing is huge Fourthly, you know the companies that are doing great. Just know their numbers Because if you know your numbers you can make adjustments to your business and actually get better and better and better at all areas of the process and maybe maybe later in the In uh, the podcast here, Brian, we can detail into a little bit more about what numbers are important in the business. And let me just add one more here. The companies nowadays, because things are rocking, they really are. Unemployment has changed. You know, there's, there's probably more jobs now than there are people looking for them. So the companies that are doing great have realized that they have to get as good at marketing the jobs that they have than they do at generating leads it's all about recruiting and training and getting the best people out there and the companies that are doing good right now i going to continue to do good are the ones that take that very seriously and learn the ins and outs of recruiting and training the best people in the world so that's kind of a summary of the, the few things that I see going on that companies are doing great are doing very well
0: Wow so let me just recap, and then I want to dive deep into, into a couple of these. So, um, number one, you said uh, system, and I like how you say that system without compromise. Um, so, you, you know, you and I both know Brian Elias very well, one 800 Um I was actually on the phone with him yesterday, and uh, we were doing a um, one of our monthly webinars, and I asked Brian to – to come on and you know we were talking about lead generation and um you know brian uh, brian is all about he's willing to do whatever it takes to just get in the house he just wants the opportunity to earn somebody's business and He offers a, like he'll offer a a GoPro-like camera, or he'll offer a tablet. He'll offer something just as an incentive, whether people buy from him or not, to get in the house. And somebody on the webinar asked, how much do you pay for the tablets? And I immediately, in my mind, (laughs) knew where Brian was going to go. Um, he says, it doesn't matter what they cost and people are oftentimes like they don't get it. They don't understand. It doesn't matter if the thing costs $30 or it costs $300. He wants to get in the house. Now, this, now let me tell you why I'm bringing this up. You know where I'm going with this, but why is he, why does he not care how much the thing costs? Well, first off, it's because he knows his numbers, going back to what you said here. He knows how his numbers work. He knows what he needs to sell a job for in order to make the right profit margin. But the other thing that he has is he has a selling system that is without compromise, as you say. He understands that if I get into 10 houses, if I see 10 people, I know that I'm going to sell three or four jobs all day long. So his thing is, well, what do I have to do to get into more houses? Because he understands that his system is going to kick in. His selling system is going to kick in. And so that system, and that goes, it doesn't only go for selling, right, Tim? It goes just about for everything, customer experience, production right
1: it absolutely does you know when you think about what the components of a system are I think it's three things it's great people because it ain't gonna run without people right but then the process Mm -hmm. and then fortunately nowadays you have that added element of technology that allows you to do this you know and in the sales part of it like you just mentioned it all works great, and knowing your numbers really puts you in a great position to determine whether you can do the things like Brian is doing. But also on the back end, you know, making sure you are tracking and knowing what's going on uh, as it relates to your production, where there's bottlenecks, you know, how to fix them, things such as that. So uh, lead generation, same thing. It's all a process, and it's all a system, and it doesn't take a lot of energy to put this together if, if people will just take some time to think about it too often we're too busy to take any time to think about this stuff right. you really need to if you really want your business to go to the next level
0: builder prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place crm estimating marketing automation with sms production management software and now call center dialer integration all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack you owe it to yourself your team and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to builder prime the only true does it all crm for home improvement contractors head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today yeah and you know anybody that listens to this podcast regularly this is a theme that you have heard over and over and over and over again. Um, this is, you know, I first learned about this when I read the e by Michael Gerber. And, um, you know, in the in the myth essentially what Michael Gerber says is to think about your business as if you were going to franchise it. Um, and I took him literally, by the way, and I, that's what I did. Um, I did that with with one company just so I could, you know, create systems and processes, and that actually helped me sell that company for, you know, for for a very healthy profit. And then it, it, I actually took that same advice and created a franchise company and 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 sold franchises. But this is a common theme that you hear over and over and over again. Um lead conversion let's talk about that. this is something you know about very, very well um, let's talk a little bit more about that. Well actually you know what before we go into lead conversion sorry I went I, I took a uh, I jumped ahead. Let me go back to systems here for just a second Tim. you said it takes time. it just takes some time. What are some? What are some strategies you've seen for getting systems implemented in a business, created and implemented? How do you go about doing that? How do you see people doing that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think this is somewhat related to knowing your numbers. And um, there's been a book out since so about 1989 I believe it was called uh, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, or something like that. You've probably heard of the book, right, Brian?
0: Yes, Stephen Um, Covey. Written,
1: absolutely. And um, one of those seven things that he talks about, to to me just makes so much sense. In fact, all seven do. If you haven't ever experienced that book, you really should. But one of them I love, and uh, what it is, is it's begin with the end in mind. And man, too many people don't do that. Yeah. So when you think of your business, you got to think of the end part of it, the end game, in other words, where it's at. And that's probably profit. That's another thing people don't really focus on much. But then backing off from profit, then what you got to do is you got to figure out, okay, in order to get there, what do I need in terms of number of leads based on closing ratio and issued and demoed and all that kind of stuff? And if you just start with the end in mind and know some of your numbers, all of a sudden you can put these components in place and you end up with a system. You know, I've, I've made comments on this for years, Brian, and I'm sure many people on the podcast have heard this, but I think a great lesson in knowing your numbers is, is the folks from UPS. They figured something out a couple years ago that their trucks drove about 2.5 billion miles and they found by doing one thing and saved them driving 28 million miles and 3 million gallons of fuel, which went right to the bottom line. And what that was is they routed their drivers to essentially never turn left because it was inefficient. You've got traffic oncoming and you're sitting in traffic idling, waiting to turn left. You know, and who would have ever thunk that if some geek there didn't kind of crunch some numbers and look at that and go, oh my gosh, if we make one little change, look what happens. And it's the same with your systems. You know, they changed their systems, so to speak, because of something they learned uh, by analyzing and knowing their numbers. So I think that's one way, Brian, to get processes in order is just again begin with that end in mind and work yourself backwards from there throughout your whole process, sales process, marketing process, and so forth.
0: Yeah, and it you know it's funny that you say that. I'll bring up Brian again yesterday, uh, again, and it's part of that conversation, he said the exact same thing. Now, arguably, this is one of the most successful guys that's ever been in the home improvement business. And so you want to listen to what somebody like that says. And he said exactly this about profitability. He says, you start with, see, most people start with, well, what's my top line number? He says, no, you start with your bottom line number and you work everything backwards. And that's exactly what you just said. is you start with the end in mind, how much do I want to make this year? All right. Well, start with that and then work your way backwards. If I can, let me let me just give the the listener a couple of other things that they could do. Uh, and and you've heard me say both of these things before. So one is, if if you use something like a if you use something like a market sharp. Um, and you've got a relationship with with with, uh, with Market Sharp or you're a dealer let's say you're a, a you know like our friends at Sunrise you're a Sunrise window dealer well one of the things that you can do is just go to uh go to Tim at Market Sharp or go to Mike at at Sunrise and say hey you know I'm I'm here in in Florida um who do you know that's Not a competitor of mine, but that's doing really, really well with systems that I can go and visit and I can learn from. And Tim, have you ever experienced anybody reaching out to somebody with a request like that and the owner of the company saying, Oh, no way, you can't come. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to share what I do?
1: I have not. It's just kind of a common thing that people that do a great job and are successful. They want to share it. First off, they're proud of it. Right. So why wouldn't they want to share it, you know, unless it's a competitor right next door or something, obviously. But uh, you're right about that, Brian. There's too little of that going on in our industry of people just getting together, rubbing shoulders, sharing ideas and, you know, some of the events that are available throughout the country. You know, it it makes me think a little bit about this, Brian. You know, things are going well now, aren't they? You know, things things I mentioned earlier are really rocky. Yep. people are doing great and here's what I hear out there I hear people saying things like oh man things are going so well I, I don't I don't need to go and get any education or I don't need to do this and in other words they're so focused on installing jobs and you need to be because there's a lot of work to get done that you kind of don't pay attention to your business because things are kind of easy I guess is the word right but here's the thing you know the fact that things are going great now right now is the biggest reason to spend time on your business and work on your business, as Michael Gerber would say, why not really cash in on the boom that we got going in right now, rather than just kind of taking things as it comes. But more importantly, maybe, is if and when things turn, and ever since I got in this business, one thing I've learned, they will. <laughs> yeah. You know, Conditions will change, and business won't be booming like it is right now. The companies that really get processes, systems, people in place are the ones that really hang in there and actually do great when things do turn. A lot of their competitors fall by the wayside, so there's a lot of business to be gotten there. So just so important to understand that it's always time to continue to refine and
0: learn and get better. And that, by the way, my dear listeners, was incredible advice. Just because things are good right now does not mean they're going to stay that way. They are going to change, and, and uh, Tim is absolutely right. There is no better time than right now to get focused on your systems, on your people, on your relationships with your customers. Um, go back and listen to the podcast that I did about the 35%, at least 35% of your business coming from repeat referral and the relationships that you have with your customers. So, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a great shortcut. Go get the information from someone else. That's, you know, the, the beauty of being in the home improvement business. If you're in window siding, roofing, even plumbing HVAC is there are hundreds of other people out there in the same business that you're in that are doing well, that you can learn from. The other thing I was going to suggest, and then we can we can move on, is um, I I've taught this strategy for years about take time away from your business and go somewhere quiet. Half a start with half a day a week, and go to I like going to the library. It's quiet, no one's going to bother you. You don't need technology, and all what you do during that time is really think about improving your business systems, processes, customer experience, n- profitability, knowing your numbers and understanding your numbers. Um, it's an incredible one the people that do it, their lives will change within a matter of weeks of doing it. And then once you get good at doing you know half a day, then you do a full day. A week and then you work your way up to a couple days a week of just focused on the business rather than in the business um, you know Tim let's talk also about the other thing that's really I think critical and this is one of the areas that you're an, you're an expert in is knowing numbers let's talk about what are the key numbers that people need to be looking at, that the owner of a home improvement business needs to be looking at today?
1: Yeah, good question. There's a few, um, I think for time purposes, only going to detail maybe five of them. Okay. Maybe we'll throw in a sixth one. Um, Some of these might be very basic to many of you, but I'm still somewhat surprised at how many companies, when asked, can't give an answer to what these are. So let's talk about the number, how to get it, and also maybe a benchmark number that maybe is typical out there to shoot for. Remember we're talking about systemized without compromise? You don't want to compromise on these numbers. You want to shoot for uh, success with the numbers you got at a certain level and have that be the benchmark or the threshold of your business. So first off, first number is your inquiry to set appointment conversion percentage. know that's one many people do not pay attention to you get all these inquiries coming in from all angles nowadays certainly a lot from the web and so forth what percent of those are actually converting to a set appointment and too many people do not have the skill set in their business to have almost typically people on the phone who are trained up to learn how to convert that spark of interest meaning an inquiry into a I guess i like to call it a raging fire of desire <laughs> meaning set an appointment and come talk to me too many people don't have their their staff trained up on this to really get good at this they're too focused on selling products and in this case you're not doing that you're selling the value of the visit because without that you don't get a chance to present your product so inquiry to set appointment conversion percentage simple hey, Tim.
0: hey Tim. yeah i'm um, sorry to interrupt yeah. but what is a good number there?
1: Yeah, and of course that, that will vary depending on where this particular company is generating the leads. Naturally, if if people are walking into their showroom 100% of the time, <laughs> you know that that number is going to be pretty high. But if we want to give somewhat of a, a general number that has a cross mixture of all sorts of different lead gen, you know, maybe shows, events um, web leads, things such as that.
0: Yeah. I think know.
1: the number there that's practical is, is maybe 70%, mm-hmm. 70, 75%. You know, it, that number tends to be going down a little bit with the new generation of lead generation, lead generation tactics out there. Um, but 70, 75% seems to be a good number there. Is that what you found, Brian?
0: Yes. But here's the, but here's the dangerous part. And it goes back to systems. This is all related, if <laughs> people haven't noticed. But um, some people listening to this will say, 70%, man, mine is 90 95%. And both me and Tim will, will, if you were sitting across the table from us, we'll both look at you like, no, you're crazy. You don't know your numbers. Unless you're getting, you know, like, you know, 10 calls a, a year, and you know you're you're completely 100% focused on those on those 10 calls there's no way you're at 90% the reason why it seems like you're at 90% is because you don't see all of the calls that your people are killing off because they don't have a script they don't have a system and you don't use a system like like a market sharp to log every single Phone call that comes in. And in my companies, every single phone call that came in, it didn't matter. When that phone rang, a new window opened up. And every single phone call had to be documented, even if it was a sales call, even if it was a wrong number, because we wanted to make sure that the that every person that was answering the phone understood that every single call needs to be documented so that we can get accurate numbers. So that's my comment on that. So unless you have another comment on, on lead conversion, let's go to the let's go to the next one, Tim.
1: All right. The next just follows the flow pretty much in order. What that is, your set appointment to demo or presentation percentage. Okay, so you got an appointment set, right? What percent of those are actually turning into a full demo with your salespeople? And most people understand why that's an important number. Uh, Essentially, it's important because this will tell you things like, hmm, that number seems to be a little low for salesperson B. Is he or she, like, calling these people prior to the the appointment and, like, over-qualifying them on the phone? In other words, are they blowing off leads? You know, so you really want to know what this is. And there's things you can do to improve your demo rate and percentage rate. I call that lead warming. And what that is is okay you got an appointment set what can you do in between the time the appointment is set and when the salesperson arrives and there are plenty of things you can do you can like get them text messages emails pictures of the salespeople that are coming to see them little things like that can do a huge bunch of benefit to reducing anxiety with these people and having them look forward to the salesperson's arrival so do things like that and have a goal that uh you only know, i think maybe maybe your next question might be brian what's a good benchmark number there in terms of set appointment and, and demo rate and and again can vary depending on how the lead is generated but i'm thinking typically cross-section might be again 75 to 80 percent of your appointments hopefully are turning into full demos and presentation if you have your processes systems in place uh, to to put everything in order to have these people looking forward to salespeople arriving. Any thoughts from your end on that one, Brian? Yeah,
0: no, that's that's great.
1: Okay, yeah. let's move on to the most common thing that people track, and that's closing ratios. And there's a couple ways I'd suggest you look at this. One is closing ratio versus leads issued, and then a closing ratio versus leads demoed, because there are two different things. You know, and it's an important thing to know that either way. There's actually a new metric that many people are using. It actually combines two things. It takes the percent of leads issued to a salesperson that turn into demos, that percent, and adds it together with what percent of those demos actually closed. So you take those two numbers. Let's say the demo rate is 77.9%. And uh, the closing rate on that demo, those demo presentations is 41.4. You have a salesperson performance ratio of 119.3%. Those two things added together, and that tells you a little bit more than just how many of them closed. Uh, it's a very important demo or metric that many people do use and benchmark on that one. You know, I think the benchmark on that, if you add those two things together, is probably 120%. You want your your salespeople to go at. If you're just talking about benchmark numbers for closing ratio versus leads issued, uh, maybe you know, and many people have different feelings on this, but maybe twenty five to thirty percent and maybe leads demoed, maybe that number would be thirty five percent is somewhat of a benchmark. Things and, and again, varies depending on product type, how leads are generated and so forth. So make sure you're analyzing all your salespeople are doing. Number four your salespeople and your lead source, net sales per lead issued. If I were to pick one number that might be the most useful to a company, this is it. In other words, every time you issue a lead to a salesperson, again, recent statistical data says that typically costs the company about $376 to get a lead to a salesperson. So you issue that lead to a salesperson, what you do is you take the net sales not the gross sales, but the net sales that are really going to be installed, divided by those number leads issued, and that's going to give you your NSLI or net sales per lead issued. You know, and that number again can vary depending on product type that's handled. But I see numbers typically with that, you know, oftentimes in the three to four thousand dollar range. That seems to be a good number for that. And and take that same concept, net sales per lead issued, and run it against the lead source, not just your salespeople, but what lead sources are really performing well in terms of net sales per lead issued to a salesperson. And that's going to tell you what lead sources are really doing a job for you. Um, don't get fooled into thinking that you, know, you can analyze your marketing expenditures by things like uh, how many clicks you get or even how many leads you get. Because clicks and leads do not drive profits to your bottom line they're actually an expenditure until they become an installed sale so make sure you're analyzing that and number five your marketing cost per sale and you want to analyze this by lead source and it's just simple division you divide the dollar spent on each lead source uh, into the revenue that you get from that lead source and it's going to tell you you know, how much you're spending for that lead source on a sale. Don't make the mistake of only analyzing your marketing cost per lead. Because as I mentioned just a minute ago, that does not pay your bills and that does not drive profits to your bottom line. And, you know, I think there's one metric, kind of a new one, uh, that everybody should pay attention to. And I don't have a fancy name for it. Um, I can throw some letters together quickly, but really what the metric is, is measure and analyze the number of positive online review conversion percentage. So that's (laughs) P-O-R-C-R. That's (laughs) the name of that new metric. You'll
0: come up with something.
1: Yeah, but that's a great one. Um, Brian, you know better than anybody, the impact positive online reviews will have in the positive online review and have that be a goal. And uh, again, begin with the end in mind. The end in mind is we're going to have, you know, 60% of our installed jobs submit a positive online review and then do everything necessary to make that happen. Because it isn't going to happen just by saying to your brand new customer, hey, go out on this internet thing here and like put up an online review for it. Ain't going to happen. You've got to really enable them and make it very easy for them and first off, wow them so they can't help but want to make remarks about you and say great things about you. So I know you've probably got some stuff to add there, Brian, because that's right in your in your wheelhouse.
0: Yeah. Um I, I actually I'm gonna comment on the knowing your your numbers thing. So you and I both know painfully well, both from our own personal experience being in the business and then from the experience of working with very successful people that the most successful people in this, or really any other business, they know their numbers. I know a lot of people listening to this watch Shark Tank or The Profit, or like me, you, you probably watch both. And if you watch, if you watch those shows, you will see the the place that these guys will get most frustrated. Uh, maybe maybe not the most, but it's definitely way up there. Is if somebody doesn't know a number in their business. Like a like a a number that they should know off the top of their head. You will see people get, you know, the the sharks or Marcus Lemonis. You will you will see them physically change, and um, be very disappointed. And a lot of times, it will cost them the 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 entrepreneur the deal. Because they, they – Marcus Lamonis or, or one of the sharks are not going to want to go into business with somebody that doesn't understand their numbers. And the same thing applies for you, for me, for Tim, for anybody in this business. You've got to know and understand your lead cost, your conversion rates, um, your, your, uh, your uh, appointment to demo, all of the numbers that Tim mentioned and you know and then and and here uh, you know we do have to 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 start to wrap up here um I, i'll make a plug for for market sharp and i used to all of those numbers that tim is talking about i used to track on spreadsheets i had to go and compile the information because because the system we were using that we like dummies built ourselves um did not give me accurate reporting. So I had to go in and manually do all of this stuff, put it into Excel spreadsheets so that I understood what my numbers were. Today, you're in the home improvement business and you have market sharp, you can get all of these numbers in inside of three seconds. The, the reports are all there. They've all been built. The important thing though is, You've got to make sure and put the information into the system, so that it gives you accurate information out of the system. And um, and Tim, tell people how what's what's the best way if they're not already using MarketSharp. You need to be. It's super inexpensive. It's easy to use. Uh, MarketSharp. Their team over there will set every help you set everything up. Um what is the what's the best thing for somebody that's listening? Um what's the best thing for them to do to get to Market Sharp?
1: Yeah, well just visit our website www.marketsharp.com um or just give us a call. Uh phone number is one 4254 and happy to spend you know half hour forty five minutes with you just kind of overview what's going on with it, see if it's a good fit for your business. You know, and, and you really hit it on the head, Brian. You know, in years past, you know, we could talk to our blue in the face about knowing numbers and all these systems and processes. Without the aid of technology that we have nowadays, that was some pretty tough stuff to do. And nowadays, it isn't. You know, technology is a great thing, and tools like Market Sharp, and there's plenty of others out there that can help you as well, can really make your business again operate. Like that franchise business. So you do have these processes and systems in place. You know, let me just wrap with a, a couple thoughts on, on knowing numbers here. Brian, you know, when you think about it, the benefits of really knowing your numbers are, are I'm going to, I'm going to mention like five of them. First off, you can spot problem areas in a heartbeat. You know, how come we're getting so many inquiries that aren't converting to appointments? Figure out why it is, and it's probably lack of skill on the phone to convert. Yeah. Uh, Secondly, reward excellence. In other words, rather than find problem areas, find areas that are just really working great in your business so you can give the rewards and and uh, compliments and everything necessary to make your staff feel like they're doing a great job. Uh, Next, better decision making. That's obvious. Just like the UPS, people made that great decision to not turn left. You know, and that's the question you should ask yourself is, do we have any left turns in our business? And chances are in the whole process, sales and marketing process, you might. So figure out what they are. Uh, Next, big benefit, impact bottom line. You know, that's really important. And then finally, if you know your numbers, you really truly can, you can begin with the end in mind. In other words, you know what your goals are for profitability and what it's going to take leads to generate the amount of revenue based on your margins and all that kind of stuff. And then you know if you know your numbers, you know how many leads you gotta generate and how many sales you gotta get and all that. And everything starts working like clockwork. And uh, then you're you're starting to really rock it like some of these rock like some of these companies Brian mentioned, like Hanson's and, and plenty of others. You know I I know you have a friend in Tampa, Earl what's Earl's last name? Ron Rom? Earl Rom. Yeah. Yeah. His company name is New South Windows, is that correct?
0: that's right
1: he's a great guy you know you go to an event where he's at and you can ask him any number about his business at all and he'll give it to you down to the decimal point yep you know and uh, that's just that's just good to see so just uh, one thing to wrap you know Warren Buffett pretty successful guy you know he's got a little bit of wisdom in him and here's what he said as it relates to many of the things we talked about here today he said in a business world The rear view mirror is always clearer than the windshield. (laughs) And that's what knowing your numbers can do for you. You can look back and see what has transpired. And then all of a sudden you can make some adjustments and pretty soon you can have your windshield get clearer and clearer and clearer because you know what to expect. It's like Brian Elias knew what to expect when he was given away that GoPro or that iPad and he knew his numbers weren't going to not work for him based on ratios yeah so that's all i got
0: Brian. well tim as always uh, this has been um very informative great information um you know look i i i said this i've said this before you've heard me say this before and i think this is a really good place for me to say it again and i'm going to keep saying it over and over and over again the This podcast is meant to introduce you to people and ideas that are working in the home improvement business, things that you can apply into your business right away to make your business more of what you want it to be. You don't have to do any of this alone i know for years i felt like oh this is all on me i have to figure it out i gotta go and no reach out to people like tim in the industry in the business reach out to your reps whatever you're selling they know other people that are doing really well even if you're doing well, but there's a there's you know one of these numbers maybe your lead conversion isn't as good as it is. We'll pick up the phone and call Tim and ask him what are best practices, or pick up the phone and call somebody that's 500 miles away or a thousand miles away that's in your same dealer network and ask them, hey, what are you doing? What are your numbers? How can I improve my numbers? Don't try and figure all of this out on your own. People are here that can help you and that can move you along and get you where you want to go faster, easier, and with a whole lot less stress. So with that, this is Brian Alsian from G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Until next time. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, and a favor i'd really appreciate it if you'd go to itunes and post a review of this podcast let us know how we're doing and finally we started the wealthy contractor as a resource to help you the home improvement entrepreneur regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale get where you want to go we want to provide you with the motivation the confidence the resources and the tools so you too can live the life of the wealthy contractor. Now, the wealthy contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing.